Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It is 12.33 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers Now. Thursdays during the summer. Stoffer and Spectre brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. Live racing Fridays and Saturdays at Northlands Park. Spec, how you doing? Oh, Bobby, I'm doing great. Weather's uh, good. Uh, you're getting four-day uh, weekends, so it's I'm good, right? Not working really hard. I got a couple things coming up. Do you ever really work hard, Come Spec? On, Come man. on. Are you kidding me? Starting on a new book? What's your book about? Doing a book on the World Junior. I got a call from a publisher. They want to do a book on how the World Junior right. went from the... S- remember back in the 70s when we were kids, you never knew about the World Junior? Yeah. We used to send the Memorial Cup champs over to Russia and they'd get absolutely hammered. So I've had I've been approached twice in the last uh, nine months mm-hmm. about doing Edmonton Oilers book items. Yeah. Of course, I work for OG, OEG. How do you think that would go over? How do you think that would play? Depends what you were writing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Depends what you were writing. Uh, so, anyway, I'm starting on that this summer. You lucky guy, you. Yeah, well, it's a lot of work. I wrote yeah. one once. Yeah. You go pound out 83,000 words and come back and tell me how it went for you. I've read your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff, eh? No, let's not oh, go come on, Bobby. No, so, some days it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it good, though, that you got an extra <laughs> set of eyes on things once in a while? Oh, hey, we you get those late need, night texts. We all need a good editor. Or first thing in the morning when it goes up, Bob's texting me, ah, you got that date wrong. Oh. There for you, brother. That's how it is. Now, the thing is, in live radio, as you know, there's mistakes that get made on the fly all the time, right? I'm driving in my car listening to you and just screaming at my radio. Yeah, well, that's that's how I edit you. Yes. Well, I I, I have a feeling. Come on, Bobby. I have a feeling that half of Edmonton, Uh, if not more than I I, I look in the guy in the car next to me, he's yelling at his radio. I've had a a couple guys in (laughs) politics say to me, you know, have you ever thought about getting into politics? I'm like, why would I do that? I got a great job. I love, you know, I'm yeah. this is one of, you know, 30 guys in the NHL that does, you know, there's 120. you broad- honest, for one. <laughs> Look at Roger Millions. He's an honest guy. He didn't win. Doesn't work that way. My, my point was half of Edmonton already hates me, so why would I need more, <laughs> right? So, I'm not even well-liked in my own household, so <laughs> there you go. You can text us at 630-630, tweet us at others now. All right, hey, let's get to... Um, a developing story, and it, it may be just in its embryonic stages. We don't have much more than that right now. Uh, Elliot Friedman uh, from NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet is reporting that uh, Chicago is uh, working on a deal with uh, the Arizona Coyotes. Believe that they would take uh, Marion Hossa. Okay. And uh, Marion Hossa's contract. So he's got three years left. It's a $5.275 million cap hit. The real dollar spec on those final three years left in that deal yeah. is $1 million. Okay. And as you know, usually insurance takes about 80%. So, 200, the real 000. money is $200,000. $200,000. So, 
Uh, and Good then for the, uh, and the sweetener for Arizona is they get a guy like Hinnestrosa. Is so is, clearly they're taking on the, they're getting Hinnestrosa and they're taking on a big whack of cap space that they were never going to spend anyway. Right, right. right. Not to mention the fact that they they've been a revenue, uh, uh, you know, drain is the oh, word you're looking for. for yeah, drain, yeah, like you know, <laughs> like like fans in Edmonton are help paying for that franchise basically since 0506. Since uh, and fans uh, in every town really, because remember the NHL owned it for a long time. Yeah, so, so every town was paying to run that franchise. Yeah. Um, yes, yes, yes. I, I, I will tell you point blank. I'm one of the guys. It's like, you know what? Uh, hey, if they're not in the league. That's good riddance. Like I'm not. Well, you know, because they've been given such a long. Like th- th- this is. I think one thing though, Bobby, and you're a guy, and I agree with you. We always talk about how Gary Bettman, uh, Edmonton fans should appreciate right. Gary because he hung in on Edmonton. Well, he's and hung it, in in Arizona too. He's battled that's hard. My for- point. The same guy is the same guy in both towns. He's hung in way harder and yeah. way longer in Arizona, but. If you're going to say that that is a strong quality of Gary's because we're sitting here in Edmonton, we still have an NHL team, yeah. it's hard to carve him for what he did in Arizona. Well, I mean, give him credit, man. He did not give up on that team so, down so, there. And I always, you know, it's it's funny because the guys that have been around the league for a while go, oh, Jesus, you know, the Oilers, uh, they got they got money in the uh, Canadian assistance program back in the early yeah, 2000s. They, yeah, they got $3 million a that. year yeah. for three years. They've, they've given that uh, more than that back in one year. Yeah, they probably give them more than, they in, probably are now in the plus side of that. Well, they measure. have been with the, ex- I, I think there was only, I think only since, since the 0405 lockout. So since 2005, 2006, let's not forget the orders went to the final that year. It is my belief, Spec, that it, there's only been one year where Edmonton has not contributed to revenue sharing. Yeah, it's well, my, certainly with Rogers now. Yeah, and what they charge for the last year, Rexall. The last year, Rexall Place, I believe, was the only Could year. Be. Now, don't quote. You know, I yeah. believe. And the major reason why the Canadian dollar sank in the yep. low seventies. So that's, yep. but that just shows you that the you know that certainly with the support they get in Edmonton, the the arena you have, which obviously a new arena is yeah. able to extract more dollars on a nightly basis than an old arena is. That's just common math. Right. The ticket prices, the orders, ticket prices are you know like all Canadian teams, they're way up there. Yeah. Uh, there will there won't be a time in the very near future, hey. Bob, when the orders aren't near the top of the revenue earners. That's just a fact. Yeah, I remember writing a column in 2007, uh, if you recall at that time, on uh, July 1st, the Oilers, uh, they got Lupul the year before, they moved Lupul uh, and Jason Smith, who I, Jason Smith was a terrific guy, good captain for Edmonton, excellent Edmonton Oilers player for a number of years. Yep. They traded uh, those uh, two players to Philly for Pitkinen and Jeff Sanderson. I had a conversation with a senior manager in the Oilers organization. He's like, we've we, we got Nylander done. We just missed out in Korea. And all I could think of at that time was, and I know Edmonton in 05, 06 had contributed majorly in 06, 07, majorly in a revenue sharing. All I could think of is that St. Louis was a have-not franchise at that stage. Yep. They didn't have a lot of money, and they were outbidding Edmonton for Paul Kerr. They were using... I mean, Tran- theoretically, Tran- transfer payments to outbid them. And sure. it was a source of frustration for me because from 2000 to 2004, name a high-profile free agent the owners outbid. 
on, on an American team because those because American owners would have bitched about it. Mm-hmm. They would have. They would have complained. And here the Oilers were in the mid two thousands getting outgunned on. And as it turned out, because they thought, remember, they thought they had Nylander done. They thought they had Nylander. And that was the best. I was the guy that, put, that Kevin Lowe was never able to secure. I, I put, right? you know, I was the guy that put it out there. And you remember, you called me the next day, and, and the Oilers still until halfway through the next day thought Nylander was coming. Oh, he was. I think the story was that he and the agent had promised to come, and right. then the 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 charge from the Oilers end was he'd kind of double dealed them a little bit and yeah. gone behind their back. Did he not go to the where Rangers? He, he went to the Rain. He, no, he went to Washington. Washington, he and he got Washington. bought out. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, in the end, the karma was was good for the Oil because they didn't want that player. He wasn't a good free agent signing. He did get bought out, right? And the Oilers looked at that thing and said, "Who?" But at the time, at the time, Edmonton had gone to the final in '06. They had to trade. Pronger, right? Because Pronger had requested yeah. the move. They'd had a tough year in 06, 07. The team died down the stretch that year. They were awful in the final. Yep. I remember they were playing Toby Peterson with uh, Peter Sikora and Lupo. That line was just horrendous. And they had an <laughs> awful close. And so they wanted to improve the team. So the first step they took was through trade and then free agency. And again, they went hard after Korea, hard after Nylander. They didn't end up getting either guy. And then they went restricted free agency. Remember, they put oh, the, offer right. she, they, the offer sheet in. Bannock. Yeah. On, on and Buffalo that. matched. And then they did the offer sheet on Penner. Yeah. And you and me have never That's agreed. Brian Burke wanted to rent a barn and fight Kevin Lowe, as I recall. Well, that was after Kevin came on our show and... But, yeah. but that was the start of it. In yeah, the yeah. end, Bar- Berkey was inviting Kevin to a barn fight. Those were great days, Bob. Yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, interesting stuff. Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector with you. This is uh, this is orders now. Um, the last successful offer sheet was for Dustin Penner. Remember, Anaheim couldn't match because they didn't have any cap space. No, they didn't. They had no cap space. They'd signed Bertuzzi, who they bought out the next year, by the way. Yep. And and Penner had to be convinced to take a five hundred percent salary increase. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. Uh, and that's the uh, he, and you know the karma on that one was how many good years did the Oilers get out of Penner? Do you think? Well, he scored ninety two goals in four years, Mark. Nah, eh, so twenty three a year. It's not bad. It's okay. And they got a first round pick back when they traded him. Yeah, well, that part was good too. But I by, mean, by I the name by, of by the name of Oscar Kleffbaum. They also uh, there was also. I mean, I wish that Craig McTavish was sitting in the seat next to me yeah. because I'd like to know in his mind as the coach of Dustin Penner if those twenty three goals a year were well, worth it. Well, well, wait a sec here. <laughs> wait a sec here. What do you think Dustin Penner would say? He'd say, "I want a Stanley Cup after." I want a Stanley Cup before Craig McTavish. I want a Stanley Cup after Craig McTavish. Yep, that's true. I, the year after Mac T left, I scored 32 goals and was plus seven on a terrible team. Mm. Right? So, you know, you're, it, it's it's funny how you and me have a little bit different philosophy well, on Mac fair. T. Right? Like, you don't think he did a good job as a general manager. Is that fair? I don't, yeah, I don't think call. he was a great GM. I thought he was a pretty good coach when he had players. And I and thought he was a good coach, and I don't think he was a terrible GM. I thought he did what he could do given the frame and position that the orders were in at that time. Yeah, now, the, I just he, thought that I thought that his strengths were clearly, as a coach, when he had a team, when he had players, uh, he knew what to do with them, and they were a good team in 06. And, uh, they weren't even bad in 03, 04. Right, in fairness were, uh, to him, that was, a, that was a pretty good team that just needed... I just thought that, I mean, if we're, if we're going into it, I thought just more so the player procurement. Um, with Mac T? Yeah, I didn't like a lot of it. You know, the Anton Belovs and the... Who was our favorite well, Russian defenseman that kept coming back? Oh, Gre- uh, Grebishkov? Grebishkov. I don't even know. Is Well, yeah, he brought him back once. 
whatever. Yeah. He wasn't any good the first time. He was worse the second time. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, listen. Who's the best Russian that's ever played for Win the Oilers? some, lose some. The best Russian... You could text us at 630-630. Who's the best Russian player that's ever played for the Edmonton Oilers? It, it should have been Miranov, but he never... No, best Russian player, period. Yeah. He could have been. Like, I always thought Miranov had the tools to win a Norris Trophy, honestly. Who? Honestly did. Did you? I did. He was. A, he had every tool you wanted. So you thought Miranov could win a Norris physical, Trophy, and, and Craig McTavish thought Justin puck, Schultz could puck. win a Norris Trophy. Yeah, there you go. I'll go uh, with Drew Doughty. Way to go on the limb, Bob. Yeah, but. right. I'm just saying, he had the tools, and he never quite made the most of them. Who was the great Russians? No, no. Who was, who was, who was, who's the, like, name some Russian players that well, lived up or at least Andre Kovalenko was pretty good here when he was here. You know who's good here? He wasn't here long. Anatoly Semenov. He was, was a nice player. He was yeah. a good, hard-working, honest. Russian. Yeah, old school, tough Russian. Um, they haven't. They there's haven't. a surprise guy that we're not thinking of out there, Bobby. And I can't think of. Obviously, Samsonov was here in 06, but a very short time. Yeah. Uh, and he was good when he was here. Good Texas at 630, 630. Best ever for the Oilers, eh? Yeah. Lots of good fins. Couple of good checks along the way. Good fins, <laughs> second or third yeah, best of all time. Eric Curry. Edmonton was always a Finnish uh, destination. Vancouver was a Swedish destination. Yeah. Going back to Thomas Gradine. Yeah. Right, and Lars Lindgren and those Sundstrom guys. Sundstrom played there as well. Yeah, and obviously the Sedins. Uh, Edmonton did better with fins. Yep. Some teams do well with checks. It's just kind of a thing that way. Rangers right? did well with checks. Remember yeah. when they had the uh, checkmate line? They had uh, Pavel or Pavel Nedved. He's a soccer player. Peter Nedved. Yep. Uh, Radic Dvorak and Jan Halavich. Yeah, they were good players. And Halavich had like a 30-goal season there. Remember when Mike Smith was the GM in Winnipeg? He brought in every Russian, Russian under the sun. Even when he was he went to university and studied like Russian history. He was a big Russian guy. Well, didn't Claire, back to, we're going to bring this up later on, but did Claire Drake study a little Russian soccer and Russian hockey? Because Russian, the Russians in soccer were one of the first countries to ever play a high press in soccer. Hmm. So, in the 60s... That sounds like something Claire Drake would do. Right, yes. right? You know, so... Expand his... We'll hit, we're we're going to expand on that conversation a little bit later on in the show, but when we come back, uh, we'll talk a bit about the Winnipeg Jets and Connor Hellebuck's deal and the expectations of Winnipeg and translate that to... Are the Jets this year where the orders were a year ago? And then we'll hit on whether or not Edmonton can bounce back this season. This is Stoffer Inspector for our friends at Horse Racing Alberta. Live racing Fridays and Saturday nights at Northlands Park. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca. That's ProAmSports.ca. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. 
The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This is Oscar Platform from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shed. Well, that is Oscar Clefbaum. Uh Just on our discussion on uh, Russians, uh, we asked uh, who's been the best Russian so far. Uh, the Don says it was Slepeshev. He was decent. I mean, no chance he's the best one ever. I mean, he uh, texts out of Drayton Valley suggesting uh, Igor Yulanov. Best Russian to play for the Oilers, Nikolai Habibulin. I, I, sorry, man. But sorry, I, man. He was a disappointment. He was a, a hell of a goalie in his time. Habibulin was one of the best of yep. his time, but not when he was wearing the Oilers silks. You can text us at 630, 630. Uh... Haas says Oilers Nation uh, website suggests in order Miranoff number one, Kovalenko number two, Igor Kravchuk. We didn't mention him. Crafty was a very, very He was good a smooth player. player. Uh, number player. three, uh, Grebishkov four, Yulanov five. Oh my God. If Grebishkov is four, stop the list, okay? There is no list. If Grebishkov is four, he had. Stop the okay, list. I don't like doing this because it's kind of a. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's kind of a road story, but. He had this thing where he had an issue with his nose, okay? And I don't know if they botched the surgery before he got okay. to Edmonton or whatever. But he, he, and he sat towards the front of the player section on the plane, yeah. And I mean, you watch Ryan Getzlaff, and he's the master of the farmer blow during games. Like when they yeah, close yeah, out, yeah, like he's, blow, like yeah. he can, he can do the farmer. Exactly what you're talking about. Right? But, but Grebishkov sounded like a, you know, like Felix like, like duck season, right? Like yeah. it was, and it was loud, and you couldn't help but hear it. You know, and he just, and he'd have these sneezing, and it, you know, and, and no, it wasn't drugs. Let's just establish that right now. Now, could it have been, you know, well, did, a hockey did he, player probably had his nose busted a couple times. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I think they botched a surgery over could in be. Russia on him. Could be. Anyways, I, he had one terrific year at Edmonton spec. <laughs> Come on. Hey, <laughs> okay. Yeah, Brandon, look up 2008, 2009. Read me the D numbers for remember, Edmonton. Remember Anton Right Zellow? off the top of my head. Seven goals, 39 points, and he was plus 12. That's a pretty good season in the NHL, Mark. Yeah, it wasn't a very good team he was on either. They just missed the playoffs. That was in 08, 09. They just missed it. Hmm. They were one of three teams in the league to have four defensemen, 30-plus points. He, you got 08, 09 Oilers there for Grebishkov? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had uh, oh, 39 points. This? He was plus 12. All right. There you go. What is Surrey as well was uh, had 53 points that season, 23 yep. goals. Gilbert had 45 points. Yep. And Vishnovsky got hurt but still was over 30. Yeah, he had 31 in 50 games. Yeah. There you go. Their D was not bad. All right. Could so use that kind of contribution now. They Offensive could. Offensive yeah. spreadsheet well, going on. Well, hey, two years ago, um, Sakra had 35 points and Clefbaum had 38 yeah, I think that I think that so the they, they combined for twenty goals. Yeah. Okay. You know how many goals they combined for last year? How many? Under five. Right. I think the the obvious statement is for the orders this year that that they need a, a healthy Oscar Clefbaum. I don't think anyone disagrees that a healthy Oscar Clefbaum is a very good player and he's going to help you win. And I like his game a lot. We haven't seen nearly enough of a healthy Oscar Clefbaum, but I think the one that we don't talk as much about is uh, the return of Andre Sekera. 
who you know a year ago you and I sat in this very studio and we both agreed he's going to have an awful year when he comes back. Yeah. He's not going to be any good. He's coming back at Christmas. He's off an ACL tear. Those guys are never any good. That's how it is. And rarely we were both right. But now that's passed. He's had a whole summer to work, right? He didn't play. He played better in the World Championships. Right? He's ready to go, and and that to me is a guy. Cliff bombs obvious, but I think you need Sekra to give you, uh, give you a good portion yeah. of what he's All supposed right. to give you. So the question is, can the Oilers get back into the mix? Okay. Yeah. We've seen. The, I mean, the team down south in Calgary. What happened? What four years ago? Right. They had a totally career year. Remember, they beat uh, Vancouver yeah. in the first round. Vancouver was of the 16 playoff teams was by far the worst one. Calgary beat them. Then they lost uh, to Anaheim in round two, right? And it was in a hurry. I don't even think they won a game in that series. Does that sound right? You worked no, the series. No, they won it. They got swept by Anaheim a couple of years ago. Yeah. I think they won a couple of games in that series. They did. Did they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Look it up. Maybe five or Okay, I'd five say five. I don't think it went six. I covered what, it, what, it. They lost. They, uh, but the point we're trying to make here is that that Flames team had, by my recollection, I think 13 guys had career years. That might have been the year Boma scored like 16 goals and had 34 points. Stuff like that. Furland had a great playoff. Yeah. Everybody emerged. Right. You know, uh, uh, Johnny Hockey emerged, and Monaghan had his best year, and uh, everybody was great. Brody was fabulous. The point I'm making is we a lot of people brought up that term unsustainable on that Flames team. It's unsustainable. You can't have another year where 13 guys have career years, and they did not. It fell, They fell off the edge of the earth. Next year, a bunch of guys had bad years, and to me, that's exactly what happened at Edmonton. Two years ago, he had a bunch of career years. He had a bunch of guys playing great. Kajula shows up. He's good. Benning shows up. He's way better than a rookie should be. Everybody's fabulous. And then last year, not many guys were fabulous, you know. So I heard you earlier in the show, some texters saying that the aberration uh, year was uh, two years ago, not last year. And I'll disagree. I think that somewhere in the middle lies, you know, the Edmonton Oilers. Two years ago, they went to the last night of the season, and they almost won the Pacific Division, and... Last year, they weren't even close. I think they're somewhere in the middle of that. Calgary finished with 97 points that year, four years ago. Uh, I think Hartley won Coach of the Year and then got yeah. fired the next year when they missed the right. playoffs. Yeah. Yuri Hoodler, 76 That's points in 78 guy. games. Uh, Goodrow established himself as an NHL player. Monaghan, first 30-goal season. They had three defensemen, 40-plus points. Right. That's a big part Weidman of it. Right? Weidman had a great year. And that was the year Boma scored 16 goals and 30. I mean, he hasn't come. I might look at him at 650. Joel Colburn. Joe Colburn had a good year. Hasn't really been back since. I just remember, I did the math on that team, and I believe there was 13 players that enjoyed career years in either goals or points. And it always happens that way. You don't have another career year, not all of them. So Winnipeg this year. And that would be what we'll watch for with the Winnipeg Jets. You know, yeah, Kyle Connor had 31 goals. Lars e- uh, uh, sorry, Nikolai Ehlers had 29 goals. So my here here's the thing, okay? Edmonton traded away some of their scoring depth that they had when they made the Everlay trade for Strom. Sure. Okay. Calgary didn't have the scoring depth to support it two years in a row. I look at Winnipeg, I kind of think that team does have the scoring depth yes, they do. to sustain it. So okay. I think Winnipeg is in a different place. Yeah, uh, that's fair. And, I, and I'm not going to be a hypocrite here. I thought Edmonton was going to be 30 points better than they were. Okay. 30 points better than they finished. I think the orders could be 20 points better than they were this past year. Were they okay. last year? 78? 
Sure, something in that. I didn't bring my little book today, but somewhere uh, points, something like uh, that. Well, I mean, I can tell you that Grabashkov, off the top of my head, had thirty-nine points. No in, in, in what's it take to make the playoffs? I mean, it's 90, 96, we, we start at ninety-five and yeah. usually go a little bit north of there. Yeah, so if they go forty-five, thirty, and seven, so like they the need play, twenty more points. Yeah, they, they got to get twenty-plus points. But, so, can it happen? Oh, absolutely! Like this isn't a team. What's the first thing that has to happen for that to happen? Does it start in goal? I guess it starts in goal, sure, because the goalie's the most important player. And, and I mean, McDavid's the most important player, but I'm sure that he'll take a run of the Art Ross Trophy again. So, All right, I'm going to give you a scenario. Talbot bounces back. Special teams, no worse the middle of the pack. McDavid plays every game. Do they make the playoffs? Uh, I'm going to throw it back at you. they got to keep the puck out of their net, and it, that's not just goaltending. Talbot bounces back. It's not just goaltending, though. Right. Okay. How did they get 103 points a couple of years? They ago? went from 27th to 8th in team defense. Right. And they went went back up to 25th this year. Right. So to me, it's not all goaltending. And they were it like wasn't all they were like 30th year. for most of the right. season and climbed to 20th like, at the very end. Talbot wasn't good enough. No they were actually 20th in the league in offense this year yeah. with a terrible power play. So all of those factors. There's a bunch of little things, but I do know that the one biggest factor that allowed that team to take the step and make the playoffs two years ago was they kept the puck out of their net. Whether you want to give Talbot credit for that, team defense credit, the young forwards figuring it out, whatever it is, you can't give up three a night. Guests and Oilers now receive certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow Sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Reminder, every Wednesday night is date night at Roos Chris, where two can dine for $120. And if you're looking for a fun destination this year, take the kids to Disneyland. It's a kicker. It's the happiest place on earth. Fabulous fun, great food, warm weather. Book now with New West Travel. Your Disneyland California package includes nonstop airfare, four-star hotel for seven nights, and a five-day attractions pass. Reach out to the travel experts at New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or book online at newwesttravel.com. All right. When we come back, star for inspector for horse racing, Alberta Live Racing, Fridays and Saturdays at Northlands Park. We're going to talk about philosophical approaches to the game in sport and whether that's changing. Uh, off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell.